Hello guys, this is RW Football. I'm Mo. Babs is not here. Um, so I'm yeah, let me just get that out of the way. So he's not here today. Uh, he had some business to you know to attend to. He's real busy. So it is what it is. The show must go on. So um today I wish he was here, that'd have been cool. But uh to, regardless though, today we're just gonna be going over Premier League predictions for 20 uh 20 2021 uh this season uh, i'm gonna go over my predictions unfortunately he's i don't think we're gonna have his in the video uh maybe we'll show it the next video we will see but i'm gonna go over my predictions we're also gonna go over match uh game week one and we're gonna go over i think it's only eight games because i think two the city game and the united game aren't happening unfortunately so only eight games but still you know big lineup and the well over here the boyos are playing too so i mean i'm, I'm already hyped you know but regardless, let's get this started. Um, I This was a tough one to predict, by the way. This is a very, very, very difficult one to predict by all measures. Let me just let me just make that very clear at the moment. That's not it. This, uh, this is extremely difficult to predict. I'm going to be perfectly honest. We're going to start out with 20. I had the – I might even change this as I'm going because this is such a tough table to predict. And what's especially tough – it's A, the title race. I mean, it's pretty – you can make – I know a lot of people are going to City. I, I actually think, you know, Liverpool has a good chance too. I, I'm, I'm really in between. I have no idea where I'm going to go with that. We'll see in the end. But that's a tight race. Uh, the relegation battle is extremely difficult to call. I know everyone's like quick to say, oh, Fulham and West Brom, oh, they're already getting – I'm like, why are we doubting West Brom so hard? I doubt Fulham, sure. They're a yo-yo club to the maximum. But – but. West Brom was in, they were in the league for a pretty good amount of time. And when they were in the league, they were pretty like sound. Like, I'm not saying they're amazing, but they were a pretty sound team and they were stable for, uh, you know, a little while. It's like it's a little cheap to just go on West Brom and just go, oh, automatically relegated. Like, I mean, there's a good amount of teams here in contention. For 20th, though, it's it's a tough one for me. It's a tough one for me. I, like I said, maybe it changing this in between as I go. But for 20th, uh, let's start this out, guys. Um, this was this was actually one of the more easy ones to. <laughs> I was like, oh man, the relegation battle is so hard. No, this is an easy one to predict, though. I actually have to pick Fulham. Unfortunately for Fulham, they're terrible. Um, they're awful. And, and <laughs> they're not. No, okay, they're not actually that bad. They're really not that bad. I actually like Scott Parker. I think he's a good, you know, decent manager, and he looks like he's got the team behind his back. And I like Mitrovic, former Newcastle player himself. I like Mitrovic. I actually think Mitrovic is a really solid player too. Mitrovic can get them goals. Mitrovic will probably have 10 goals this season at the minimum. I picked him up from my FBL team too. Maybe I'll talk about that in another video or something. But um, Mitrovic looks like a 10-goal scorer at the minimum. So at least, you know, at the very minimum, Fulham has an argument over Leeds and I think um, and I think uh, West Brom. At the minimum, those two, the, the newly promoted teams. I think they have the best striker of the three. I know people are going to go, Rodrigo, Rodrigo. Rodrigo only had four goals last year. He's probably, he's probably a better talent than Mitrovic, let's be honest. But... He only had four goals last year. I don't necessarily have the most faith in him just yet, only because I think Rodrigo, I, I don't know how he's going to, you know, adjust. He was in Valencia for a long time. He's going to, you know, he's going to go to a team that's much worse, really English. He's going to have a little bit of, you know, a difficult time, I think, adjusting immediately. He'll probably adjust and be a decent player, but it's just going to take a little bit of time, I think. But either way, I think they do have the best striker of the three teams. I'm not sold at all on their defense. Not in the slightest, I think. I think their defense is terrible. Um, they've made a couple signings. We can go over the signings. And you know what? We might as well. We might as well pull up the signings for this year. We're going to have a lot more time because this is just me today anyway. So, uh, I, you know, I'll have a lot more time to speak. So I do want to do 
I'll, I'll, I'll let me pull up the signings because I think on the Premier League's website you can. And Premier League um, transfers 2021. We'll go over these real quick because I just think these are really interesting. You know, it gives us a better idea at least. And it gives me a better idea as I'm doing this of how I want to go about this and what teams, you know, are. Let's look at that. They actually signed someone. But um, let's see. Let's go to Fulham real quick. Um, so there's there's been a good amount of transfers. I, even though this season's kind of felt a little empty in some respect. So they picked up. The American, uh, Anthony Robinson, $2 million. I really was hoping Newcastle would pick him up. We actually picked up Jamal Lewis, which is fucking awesome. Let me just say that. I, that got me so excited. So that's that's a better – I'd rather spend $15 million on Lewis than two on Robinson. Lewis is a real – he's a legit player. Um, they got Mario Lamino alone, who I'm actually – I'm actually a fan of personally. I think he's an engine midfielder, just super tough, super – you know, he's not the fastest, but a fast midfielder, strong midfielder, decent on the ball. He was he has he has a lot of potential still, even though I think he's in his mid-20s. Still got some decent potential. They got Harrison Reed officially. They got that in the double deal, Lamina and Reed. Reed was a really, really good signing, by the way. He's he's gonna be probably like their um he's gonna orchestrate that midfield um pretty well, I think. He'll be the orchestrator. Um Ariola's a great, great loan in from Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, let me let me compliment Fulham in some respect. They've definitely done a much better job in this window than they did last time. Last time when they were in the Prem, um, so the, in the year before this one, was fucking brutal. I mean, you're talking about probably one of the more unproductive loans. I'm, I mean, unproductive uh, seasons we've seen. And they spent about $100 million, if not more, I believe. That was terrible, though. Um, Ola and Ina, uh, I miss Kenny Tete. Tete's not bad. He'll be good as a fullback, good depth. He might even start a little bit. Um, Ola and Ina on loan. And he's also a good veteran. I actually like Tete. Um, Ola Alina, he, he's just, he's from Chelsea before, mind you. This is a guy who was on Chelsea. Torino, he's got loaned out to um, Fulham. This should be a good signing. This should add more depth to the team. I'm actually not remotely against this. This is a much better window, though, and they got rid of a lot of dead weight. And I'm assuming a lot of this is just young players and, like, fringe players. So, I mean, maybe, you know, take that for, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I thought it was interesting when they loaned out Alfie Mawson. I'll say that. That one was a little bit unexpected, but. That was worth mentioning. So, I mean, they've, they've definitely made some decent signings. And I'm kind of giving them, like, I'm complimenting them so hard right now for no fucking reason. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're going to end in 20th, but I'm complimenting the hell out of them. No, they made some good signings. I'm just still not sold on the team. The team is really barren nonetheless. Tim Ream looks like he's going to end up starting at center back. I know because I'm an American. I've watched the team. Um, he's awful. He's a terrible player. So, I mean, it, you know, having him as one of your starting center backs possibly, I don't know if he is or isn't. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think he might be, is pretty awful on its own. So I really don't have faith in Fulham, I guess, in that respect. Um, their defense is shaky. It looks like it's going to be shaky again. Mitrovic can still put in goals. Scott Parker really doesn't have much experience as a Premier League manager. I think he was in the very tail end of that season. They got relegated. The very end of it, he ended up becoming um, the manager. And that's and then they ended up making him the full-time manager, I believe, um, in the championship. They said, we're going to give you another try. Clearly succeeded. But... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not necessarily sold in this team, nonetheless. I, it's still very barren, I'll say that. I don't think they have enough depth to make it out. And I also just think the hyper-competitiveness hyper of this league is going to be really, really not helpful towards them. It's just too hyper-competitive at times, almost to the point where it's really, it's really tough to call this bottom three because, again, I think all three are very capable of making it out. I just think it's the hyper competitiveness is not going to go towards them. Um, it's not going to be helpful. 
And this is going to be a much better league than last year. That, let's just say that. I think the teams in the bottom are going to end their worst point tallies than last year. Last year, you had, let alone Aston Villa at 35, Bournemouth at 34, and I think I think um, Watford at 34. 17, 18, 19, something around that range. And you had Norwich like really bottom, like 21. It's it's not going to be – it's going to be a lot worse, I think. I don't think this is going to be as like, – like 35 normally I think would get you out. Not necessarily normally. No, I shouldn't say that. It's not a guarantee at all, but a good chance it's going to get you out. You, you know, I, I don't know. I don't see this as like a league. It won't be anything near last year. I'll do about that. The bigger teams are not going to be nearly as bad, and we won't see a bunch of teams pile up in the middle of the table. I think it's going to be a lot more structured and ordered. Um, but that was long. Yeah, that, that was number 20, ironically enough. That took a little while. Oh, man. Don't want to see that. But uh, 19th, uh, let's see. I'm actually going to move that over here, and you saw it again. <laughs> but uh, 19th, um, what do we got? Whew. And this is not one that I think I want to make because I just, again, this is one that I don't really like want to make. As I, th- I said it, I complimented on them again, but not a bad team, West Brom. Not a bad team. There's some good pieces to West Brom. Um, they're definitely not, you know, as barren, I think, you know, as I'm making about to be. They brought back Pereira. He'll be very helpful. I don't know much about Cedric Kipre. Someone could tell me if he's good or not. Dean Ghana is a really nice pickup. I don't know how why West Ham gave him up. He was really good. He's a really good player with tons of potential. I don't know why they'd give him up. Uh, David Button, I think he's just going to be there for uh, goalie depth. And then Callum Robinson, John Stone, I believe, will start a goalie. And then Callum Robinson, they brought back from the loan they initially had from Sheffield. He's not a bad player, mind you. Not a bad player, super pacey, can play um, you know, all across uh, wide midfield and forward positions. He's not bad. Um, but they did give up a lot. They, they swapped out Oliver Burke, who's not a really good player in all honesty. Um, Leko, I don't – he might have had some okay potential. I don't think he really turned out to be any good. Um, but I'll just say this for starters. We'll just get this out the way. There's not a very good striker on this team. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe because I don't know enough about the championship, but I don't see a really good striker talent at all on this team. At all. I think they have Zahore. Um, Leko, I think, goes a striker. He's gone now. It's Zahore, the Welch dude, Robeson or whatever, who's not very talented either. Maybe Robinson played it. Stri- I don't know. I don't really know enough about West Brown. That's why I'm so inconclusive about this. But I don't believe they have an established striker. I actually am really curious just to look at the statistics from last year. Maybe I'll do that just because I'm – West Brom stats, 1920. Um, I, I should look up player stats. I'm super interested. Who was their leading scorer? Because there isn't a person that comes to my head on West Brom that I'm going to be like, like at least on Fulham, I could say Mitrovic is going to get him 10 goals. Mitrovic is reliable enough that he'll get him 10 goals. We all know him. He's an established striker. I don't know enough about West Brom. And I don't think anyone really knows who this top-tier striker is. I just know they're kind of stinky. Like They're, they're kind of trash. That's, that's kind of all I know about them. That Like, in terms of strikers, I'm not saying the whole team. I'm saying the strikers are kind of trash. And again, I could be really wrong and maybe like really wrong about this. Maybe I'm just super off. Um, Jay Rodriguez, what the hell? <laughs> um, that's why. Uh, let's see if I'll championship. This is interesting how they set this up. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Maybe they only let you look at it in that view. Oh, now, now it has it. Okay. 
So yeah, Robeson Cano, 10 goals. Charlie. Oh, Charlie Austin. How did I forget about Charlie Austin? Charlie Austin's a 10 goal scorer. I forgot. He stinks though. He's so old. He's so old, so injury prone, sluggish. I, I don't have faith in him. Diangana might actually come up to be a really decent player. Pereira is a good player. 8 and 16. That's some fucking stats for you right there. Those are some good, that's some mean stats right there. Um, Phillips had seven and six. I love this page. I love how they have this outlined. Ajayi, the center back, at five goals. Livermore is good. He has some prime experience. Zahori had three goals and only 17 appearances, but still terrible, still terrible numbers regardless. Um, Sawyers will end up being a really clutch, important player for them, without a doubt. He'll, he's he's not a bad midfielder. Him and Livermore could be good enough to help him in midfield. Maybe they probably have to pick up someone else, but they're not bad. But I'm not confident enough to give him anywhere higher. I don't think they're going to have a score of 10 goals. I don't think Charlie Austin's going to get him a lot of goals. I don't have faith in Robinson Cano. I don't have faith in Robinson Cano. I don't really have faith in any of much of this team. So I, I'm pretty settled on them in 19. And like, I don't want to do that because I think West Brom actually is a team that's capable of maybe making it out. But they just don't have an established striker. So I'm like really, really hesitant to even give him leverage here. And it's, and it's, you know, when I'm thinking about teams that, you know, made it out without, you know, getting really good, you know, goals out of the strikers. Villa did last year. Their strikers weren't really scoring. Um, Sheffield strikers were not necessarily reliable either. I remember Newcastle in our first season back um, recently when we got relegated and we came back. I think it was 17-18. Um, we, Dwight Gale only had six goals. I think Hasselu only had six. Perez had eight. He wasn't playing striker. That season, I'm saying, um, only in the Prem specifically. So, I mean, I mean, in terms of those statistics, I'm not necessarily confident in. Yeah, you can make it out without a score with 10 goals. Like, you definitely can. I mean, even last year, Newcastle only had John Joe Shelby was our leading fucking scorer at six goals in the Prem. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. But for a newly promoted team, one that's a little bit barren, one that doesn't necessarily have a, a strong midfield or a strong defense. They have some decent players all around. I think Bartley, Ajayi, Livermore, um, Sawyers. There's some good players um, all around the team, but just not one that's like they just don't have a core like structure. I like Billick too. I'll say that I do like Billick. I think Billick's actually a pretty solid manager. Um, but they don't necessarily have a core structure around them that makes me feel like, oh man, West Brom's gonna have a good year. They'll be safe. Like I, they 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 could just as easily make it out. Maybe I'll change this as I'm doing this. There's a there's a good chance I do change this. But I don't know. I just think they're a little bit barren, and I think they're just a little bit slow. And I don't know. Well, that's not necessarily though. Not necessarily. But the striker just doesn't. I don't. I just don't. I don't necessarily see. I don't. I don't see faith of the striker. That's where I'm really worried about them. So we'll move on with that. Um, we'll get to 18. Um, and I have some notes written down here. I'm not going to obviously tell you what they are. And you might have saw them over in this little thing over here. But I'm not going to say it. Um, just yet. Crystal Palace uh, is actually why I have at 18. Crystal Palace, uh, there's a very – I'll put it this way. It's a 50-50 chance I end up moving this one out because if, if you ever watch, if you ever listen to me speak, you know damn well I give Roy Hodgson his credit. I do. I give Roy Hodgson all the credit in the world. I think he's he's a guy – if you want someone with Premier League experience who can keep you in the Premier League and you have stability on your team and a very sound and disciplined and structured team, Roy Hodgson's your guy. He's, he's your guy. He's your guy. That's without a doubt. If you want safety, if you want your guaranteed 40 points, and you want stability all across your team, Roy Hodgson's your guy. He's your guy. 
This team, though, was so fucking bad since the restart. So bad. I think they ended up with four points. I think they had one win. I think they only had one win. Um, very early on in the restart, and then after that, they just sunk. They hit 40, 42 points, I believe, and they were just terrible since. They don't score goals. And then, now this is where the argument changes for me. Now, they did make some changes. Crystal Palace actually spent a little bit of money, and they actually made some moves in the window. So as of right now, Zaha's on the team. He had a really decent preseason. I think he might be out, though. I'm not going to say that confidently, but because we say this all the time. We're always saying, when will Zaha leave? When will Zaha? It never ends up coming to fruition. But there's a very strong possibility he's out of this team. Very strong possibility he's out of this team. And I, I supposedly he's asked to go to Everton. He wants to join the Ancelotti project, which I think he'd be great for, by the way. Imagine that Everton team. Zaha, Calvert-Lewin, um, and Rich Arlson on the right. You were talking about a really, really decent attack. Like a really decent one, to be fair. I got to give, I, you know, I, to be fair to Everton. Of course, knowing Everton's going to fail, but, but I mean, knowing Ancelotti, it, it probably is going to succeed. So... At Palace at 18, and they ended up picking up Batshuayi, who, decent player. I just don't really know if I'm confidently going to sit here and say that like he's definitely going to get me 10, 15 goals. I can't confidently say that. IU scored eight goals last year. IU's not bad, actually, and he can play on the right, and he can play up top. So he gives you some versatility. The same with Zaha. He can play on either wing, um, down the middle, even up top. And then it leaves you with, uh, they picked up one more, and they picked up Ezzy. Ezebed, I don't know how to say this right now. I don't even want to say because I know I'm going to butcher the fuck out of it. But they picked up Ezzy. And Ezzy's pretty good. Pretty good player. He was really highly tied from the championship. I was hoping Newcastle would even give him a look. Um, we didn't end up buying, which is, you know, it is what it is. But super decent player. Super decent player. Super pacey. There's going to be pace on this team. They have Townsend too. You're talking about a core five in, in the four positions of... And now I want to move. Now I want to take him out of this because I feel so confident about this. I I wrote down the whole list. I knew I wasn't happy with it. Now I'm like, wait, why am I even doing this to Crystal Palace? I think I'm gonna. <laughs> For now, we're gonna keep him there because, and you know why? You know why? Because I do think they're gonna lose Zaha. I think there's a good chance they're gonna lose Zaha. They were so bad to end the year, so bad. Max Meyer hasn't been reliable. I don't necessarily have the most faith in the midfield. They're not very creative. And when it comes down to it in defense, they're actually pretty good in defense. When it comes down to it, though, grit is not always enough in a, in a really hyper-competitive league like this one. I just don't know. Like, it's I don't know if it's sustainable to sit there and just, like, nab results. It, it, sit there and, like, quietly like, nab away, like, one nils and one ones and two ones and, like, these really sorry-ass wins. I mean, win's a win, but it's a sorry-ass win. It's like a, it's a nail-biter on a penalty or something. So... I don't know whether I'm really confidently, you know, I'm not confident putting them in 18, though. I'm actually going to take this out. No, I am going to take it out. I'm going to take it out. I know I just wasted probably like five minutes there. And we won't talk about it again where I'm going to move them, but I don't want to put them in 18. I'm really tempted to put leads here. I know everyone's but leads. I know everyone's so like hyped up on leads right now. And I think people are like, I've, I've seen some predictions with leads in like 10, 11, 12, 13, like around the mid table. And I'm like, you guys are fucking crazy. That's a little hint. I don't have leads relegated. I don't have a mid-table, though. And I sure as hell don't have them in the top half of the table. Sure as hell don't. They're not very good. <laughs> They're just not. But th that's beside the point. We're going to... um. I know who I want to put here. I hate this team so fucking much. Just so fucking much. I, I'm, 
I love my bias. I try to avoid even using my bias towards them or against them, but I'm going to do it because I have to, because I have to. There's going to be two West Midland teams out. The Midlands are going to suffer here. Villa will be out. Villa over Crystal Palace. I think it's foolish to even say Crystal Palace, actually. Looking looking at it now, because you know what I didn't do with Crystal Palace? I didn't assess the five. Um, I didn't assess their, like, attack. And this is super raw, by the way. So, please, this is, not, you know, I, like I said, this is going to change as I'm going, probably. But it's a podcast, not like a video where I'm just like, this, this, and this. You know, I'm trying to, it, more natural, I guess. Let's put it that way. But with Crystal Palace... I didn't really assess the fact that they really do have five decent attackers, and there's a good chance Zaha's going to stay. Because I said I think Zaha's going to leave. I, I know what? I'm going to take that back. I really don't know. I, I, probably, there's a good chance he's probably going to end up staying. It's 50-50, but good chance he stays. With that being said, I think it's a shame putting them in 18. Because, again, it's a Hodgson coach team. It's a super English team. It's a Brexit team that's – very disciplined, very structured. So I think it's just wrong to put them in a relegation spot because I think I did this last year too and I was so wrong about it. So I'm just going to avoid the mistake now. I'm going to put Villa in 18th instead, who I actually had staying up last year, unfortunately. I, I want them down so bad. I really can't stand Aston Villa if you know that about me. A lot of Newcastle fans can't, you know, we, we really cohesively can't stand Aston Villa. Um, They're a shitter's club. But they did pick up Ollie Watkins, who I was really, really hoping Newcastle were going for. I'm going to keep saying this about every player that I don't, we don't get, I swear. But um, they picked up Watkins on a really, really expensive deal, by the way. I think it was about, it's a $28 million base with the um, with the chance that this gets to $33 million on add-ons, which is just fucking insane for Ollie Watkins, I just think. It's just too much. Well, not even Watkins for any championship player. I remember Newcastle last year, we were going after Bowen, um, especially in January. We were really going hard. We were ramping it up for him. And Hull was like, no, we want 20 or 25 or whatever. It was a stupid amount. Like, they wanted, like, 25 million for a fucking championship winger. And I'm like, it's a championship winger. Like, 25 million is ridiculous. Um, and he ended up going to West Ham. And they paid 25 million, and I really wasn't upset about it. Like, it's just a lot of money, man. It's way, way too much money. I'm positive Villa probably could have got Josh King for 15 million from – Newly relegated Bournemouth. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. They did. They were in for Callum Wilson. We ended up getting Wilson. They they offered 21. Wilson just ended up choosing Newcastle. So Bournemouth just granted him the choice. Um, kindly, at least. Thank God they did. Um, we, we really, we greatly appreciate it. We needed him. And we need him. But um, Watkins is great in the championship. They have Wesley. I think he's still injured, though. For He'll be injured for a little bit longer. Um, and they have Samata, who... I think he's, he's, just, he's just awful. He's just terrible. And again, I don't like really signing. I'm not personally crazy about signing players from like the Belgium League and the Turkish League and all these smaller leagues um, for this exact reason because Samata lit it up and lit it up. And Wesley was also a Belgian League player. They both were terrible though when they were playing in the Prem. Wesley wasn't as bad, but Samata was awful. And Belgian League players, prolific in the Belgian League, and they've come to the Prem and they're just below average, or if not average. Fuck that. So I'm not really crazy about Samata. I'm not crazy about Wesley. Maybe Watkins is different. I, he's a really good player. I just don't... I was hoping Newcastle would buy him $15 million. So I was like, $15 million for him, I'd take it. I'd so take it. But 33 with add-ons is just delusional. It's delusional. I'm not crazy about that. Most of the core of the team, these are not really... These are mostly fringe players and youth players, I believe. The core of the team is still there. So you can give Villa that. They did, they did maintain the core of their team and especially, especially maintain 
Sean McGinn, and Jack Grealish. So they, there's credibility to be given to Villa. I think they have the worst manager in the league, though. I really do. I don't think Dean Smith is a good manager. I think they should have sacked him. They ended up giving him an extension like mid-year last year. He's not a good manager. Let me just put that out there. He's not a very good manager. He's a championship-esque manager. He's not a very good one. I'm not crazy about Dean Smith, but he had the players on him, you know, on behind his back, and they were really with him. Um, so they stuck by more very marginally, very marginally. But I'm not crazy about Dean Smith. Um at all, at all, to be honest with you. Not at all. Um they're gonna need Jack Grealish to, you know, do the same shit again. They're gonna need him to be, you know, play like a miracle player. The problem with this is that all it takes is one Jack Grealish injury, and they're relegated. That's it. That's pretty much it. They are one Jack Grealish injury to getting relegated. And you could have argued this with, with Crystal Palace. You could have said, okay, well, they're one Zaha injury from relegation. Um, my difference with Crystal Palace, this is already 25 minutes in. Uh, my difference with Crystal Palace is I think they're terrible. I'm uh, not terrible. I think <laughs> I think Hodgson's not terrible. I think he's actually a good manager. I think he's decent enough at least. And they made good additions. Like they signed Ezzy, who I think is a better player than Watkins. They signed um, Wesley, who I think is really de- – uh, not Wesley. Why did I say that? They signed um, Batshuayi back, who I think is better than any attacker on um, currently on um, – Crystal. Uh, not on, on – my bad. On Aston Villa. I'm following my words. On Aston Villa. Because, um, you know, he has some prime experience at the minimum. You know, he's show- and he was decent in the Bundesliga on Dortmund. He has some credibility to him where Watkins was just a really good championship striker, but nothing more. Um and and at the minimum they have Townsend reliable. You know they have they have more reliability. They have Hodgson. They have a team that's been in the league for a little while. Like I'd be wrong to just you know to say okay they're gonna lose the house so they're gonna be relegated. They made the correct decisions to the point where I'm like okay stable team. Zaha only had four goals last year. They can still make it without Zaha. I think this team is like this team doesn't scream that to me. This team is like barren. It's barren on defense. It's very barren in its fullback positions, mind you. I'm not remotely sold on Tyron Mings. He makes a fuck ton of errors. Um, The midfield, I I love Douglas Louise, by the way. That's a really, that was a candy signing. That was a really good one. Um, I'm not crazy about Horihan. I think he might be more of a championship player, but maybe a fringe prem player. I mean, or like a, a squad player, but they're very barren, man. They're very barren. They're re- they really are. They really are a Grealish injury away, though, from relegation. That's just the truth, though, to be perfectly honest. I'm not – I can't confidently say I like I like the direction of Villa. And, you know, mind you, we have my bias included in this in some level. I do want them relegated. And I think they are going to get relegated anyways. Um, but we've taken a little while on that. So 17 um, – I'm between two teams. I, I was going to go pick Crystal Palace. I'm actually going to end up picking Leeds. This is a very unpopular prediction because I think most people have Leeds finishing mid-table or even higher. I don't. I think Leeds' team is not very good. I don't think it's really good up and down. They've made some good signings, mind you. They have. That's true. They've made some really okay signings. Um, But I'm not crazy about this team still. Like I just said, I'm not really sold. So they picked up Helder Costa again. He's coming back. They got Harrison coming back. Good. Um, those are good signings. I don't know anything about Messlier or, or Gelthard. He was a championship player. Rame, I don't, again, I don't know who these guys are. Sam Greenwood, some, probably some youth player from Arsenal. Rodrigo is the big one, and Robin Coach is the big one. And bringing back Harrison and Costa were big. But 
coach will effectively just go into the Ben White position. So, A, losing Ben White was huge. That's bad on its own. And Barbuda, I wish Babs was here. I wish he was because he really knows more about leads than I do. He really can get into this. But um, coach, he's like a good ball-playing center back. He has some really decent potential. And supposedly Newcastle is after him. I didn't really know much about that. But some decent potential around him. So maybe he ends up being a better player than Ben White. But I think I'd rather have Ben White. They couldn't get him back, though. Uh, you know, Brighton was really pushing them and forcing it. So, And I don't think Brighton really ever wanted to get rid of him. Go figure. So... Coach, I think we'll do anyways. Um, Rodrigo, who I think is actually a decent striker, really decent player, really fairly decent player. Just only four goals last year. Does not scream to me prolific, and doesn't. And you know, Bamford is not very great anyways. Um, it doesn't scream prolific for me. So I mean, especially going to a brand new league, brand new team, very English esque, very different environment. It just doesn't necessarily scream like prolific. I don't know. I don't see the I don't see the beauty in this team. There's some decent players around it. Um but I can't confidently sit there and say I you know, I'm feeling leads. They'll they'll, they'll be safe though. I I have faith in Bielsa. That's my kind of my big thing here is I have far more faith in Bielsa than Dean Smith. Far more faith. Far more and Scott Parker and Billick. Although I think Billick is I rate Billick. I think he's decent, but I have more faith in Bielsa over all three of them easily. So I, I rate Leeds to make it out. I don't. I think they'll definitely stay in the league. I, I doubt they get relegated again, but there's definitely a scare where they could. Um, you know, there's a possibility where they could. Um, 16th, we'll go Crystal Palace. We don't have to get into this because we, we talked about Crystal Palace, which is so fucking long. Um, yeah, Crystal Palace. I have at 16th. Crystal Palace again. I, I even without Zaha, I think they're going to be okay. I think they think they're just going to be okay. And I like I like Hodgson. They're disciplined. They're structured. They'll be fine at 16th. We'll, we'll, we don't need to go on about that. 15th, I have Brighton, Hove Albion. Um, yeah, Brighton's not great really by any measure, but Brighton's not a bad team at all, actually. I mean, they're pretty – like, I don't I don't rate Graham Potter. I think a lot of people do. Like, oh, he's trying to make him more expansive and prolific. and That's cool, and I actually respect that, but it, it can get you relegated. It didn't last year. I think they ended up with 40 points. Um, I rate – Veltman, I think they got him for under a million dollars. Um, they have Ben White coming back. They loaned out Duffy, I believe. Did they? I believe they did. Shane Duffy got loaned out. He's not. He wasn't getting that much playing time. Um, Aaron Moy's gone. Montoya's gone. I don't know whether Veltman hops in a right back or what's the plan there. I'm actually super confused about that. To be perfectly honest, uh, Knockhart's back. He's staying at Fulham. I forgot about Knockhart. Not a bad player for Fulham. Um. Lalana was a, a nice little free. I like that actually. Good, he'll give him good experience. They'll be fine, nonetheless. I think Lalana will help him play a little bit more expansive, as Potter wants to put it. Um, I like who they have at center back. You know, they they run that back three a lot. I think with Byrne, Webster, and um, Dunk, which is pretty effective, and they're not bad ball playing center backs. Um, so I mean, they'll be okay. I think I actually have Enveltman coming in. I think they'll be okay. I actually rate Malpai too. I think he gets you ten goals again. Um, at least, you know, they're, they're not bad. They're definitely not bad. Glenn Murray's gone, unfortunate. But um, they're, they're definitely not a bad team. And Brighton should be able to not necessarily like like the league up. They'll be in another relegation battle, but I'm feeling confident about Brighton. I think they'll just be fine. I, I'm not necessarily worried about them Um, that I am about the other ones. Um, 14, I have West Ham. 
And this is one that I think people are going to badger about because, oh, man, West Ham, super talented, super, you know, some really exciting players, interesting ones too. I I don't really rate West Ham, to be perfectly honest with you. I think they're, they're again, like an Everton, just a ton of fucking outcasts infested among the team. They signed effectively no one. I don't think this guy, Ashley, is going to play much. I'm considering he's from Wimbledon. I don't expect him to play much. Sushek, um... They signed him. They just they made they made it official, but he was loaned in in midseason, anyways. Um, Zavaleta's gone. That's that's a sad one because Zavaleta gives them nice experience and good locker room presence. Uh, Roberto was horrible. Carlos Sanchez never was effective. Grady Diangana will probably be the worst loss though because he actually has some decent long term potential. Um, but I I don't really rate. I don't rate them, you know, losing him, and I don't really rate this team altogether. Realistically, realistically speaking, West Brom, I mean West Ham, you know, will line up with a team with Declan Rice. Probably, I think they're gonna. I don't think Chelsea's gonna get him this window. Declan Rice, um, Mark Noble, Fornals, an attacking midfield, Anderson a left, I and mean, this is my left, and uh, Antonio up top and Bowen on the right. So there is, there's some real talent there. Like we can't deny that there is some talent. David Moyes isn't a very good manager. David Moyes is your manager that keeps you in the league. That's pretty much it. He's not necessarily one that's moving you forward. So I don't, I don't rate Moyes. He again, he gives you some stability though. He'll keep you in the league. But I mean, if, with David Moyes as your manager, you made no signings this summer. I don't know if they're gonna make any signings. I they're so, they're so suspect on defense. Howler was so unconvincing last year. Um, and you know what? We can do this at the minimum. We can actually um, – I'm actually going to just look up West Ham. I wanna, I'm very interested in the statistics. So we're going to do this just because I'm super intrigued by the statistics. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think I, – I think Howler had like six goals or something. Howler was really not effective whatsoever, mind you. Um, Let's see if we can find some individual stats. That's where I'm really... Oh, there we go. So Howler had seven goals. My fault. Seven goals. I don't know whether that's the prem or the whole league, but seven goals total. Um, Antonio had 10. He was he lit it up, by the way, after restart. Got to give him his credit. Uh, Snodgrass had five. Wow. Declan Rice had 116. That's pretty insane. I just have to point that. 116 tackles on Declan Rice. He'll be a really good player one day. Not a doubt. Fornals is pretty good. Five assists. Snodgrass, five and five. Bowen had four assists, man. I know, and he only was only there for the second half of the year. Um, uh, I'm very hesitant to rate them above where they are, though. I'm I'm very hesitant to go above and beyond um, 14. I, I don't know. They, they, they definitely could. On the basis of talent, West Ham definitely can get top 10. On the basis of talent, there's talented players all across this team. I'm not, I'm not sold by their fullbacks, Fredericks, um, Cresswell, not at all, but but on the basis of talent, they can get a they can get top ten. I just don't really feel confident about them because again, Moyes is their manager, uninspiring. Um, West Ham is always uninspiring. It feels like you know until they make a real change into this team and the culture of this team, that's what's really biting them. I don't see them getting forward. And you know if they lose Declan Rice, and they're they're definitively not going to get in the top half. So I'll keep them at 14. 13, I have. Sheffield United, this is one that might be unpopular too, but Sheffield United does not scream to me like they're going to – Sheffield United, right, they could effectively be better than what they were last year. 
on the basis of, oh, they made additions. They kept most of the core intact. This should be better. And they made some good additions, by the way. Um, I don't read Ollie Burke. She's a, she's a speed merchant, really. And Padu, uh, it's a good loan. That's He'll give him some nice depth. I love this signing in Max Slow, by the way. This is a great signing. He's a really underrated player. Um, Jaden Bogle, too. I mean, this is a great, great combo right here. Um, and Ramsdale, oh, I've never really rated, but he's a decent goalie. $18 million. They haven't had to spend over the top. Um, they haven't lost, I think, very significant players. Callum Robinson maybe being one of the more significant ones. Uh, Freeman might have been. I can't even remember him too much. I mean, they really didn't lose any of the core of the team. So you got to give them credit there. They kept the core intact. I just don't think their style is that sustainable. And not only that, I think teams catch on. Teams will catch on. It's a hyper-competitive league. I don't necessarily see how they're going to stick up to that, you know, measure that we're giving them, you know, or that, or that, um, what should I say? Not the measure, but that standard we've given them. So, I'm pretty satisfied giving him a mid-table finish. 13 seconds in the mid-table. I'm satisfied giving him. I don't think they're going to be fighting off relegation too hard. I just don't think they're going to be like sound as they were last year. You could tell they were getting. It was getting kind of like leaky towards that restart. Like they were not necessarily as sound whatsoever. Um, they're sure as all not competing with the top seven or eight. No way. No way. Not again. They they don't have a great striker. I don't rate McBurney that hard. I don't rate Sharp or McGoldrick. They don't really have someone who could just go in and put you 10 goals easily. So, I mean, it's it's a tough call. They only scored 38 or 39 goals. That's it. They conceded 39. They only scored 39. Um, And like Burnley learned, Burnley had a season similar to that when they, were in, they made it seven. The following year, I think they only conceded 30, 35 goals. It was definitely under 40. It was like 30, 35, I want to say. The following year, Burnley was nowhere near that standard. It's just not an easy standard to keep up with. I think teams were just a little bit shocked by how decent they were. I definitely see them though getting um I could see them though getting relegated. In truth, I, I can. I can see them getting relegated as um not whoa, 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 sorry, not relegated. Not relegated. My fault. I could see them getting a mid-table finish though. Um I don't see them competing with the top top of the league, and I don't see them getting relegated, no way, but because they do have a, you know, they have a style and it's it's there and it's effective. I just don't think it's necessarily like structured and sound and disciplined. So not necessarily feeling them in that sense. Um, 12, I have Burnley. Burnley's good. Burnley will end up in another minute. Burnley could, Burnley could effectively get anywhere from like nine to like 14 or 13. Burnley, Burnley will not get, rele- they will not have to really fight off relegation battle. They're not going to get relegated. They've kept the core of this team intact. They've done a good job of just staying strong uh, in places that need to stay strong. I don't really know about any of the players they picked up. To be perfectly honest, I don't know a single thing about any of these players. They're probably just a bunch of youth players. They lost Joe Hart. Um, the only real meaningful losses, I don't think they're going to miss Ben Gibson because he wasn't effective even when he was there. They're not going to miss Lennon because he really wasn't effective. Towards the end of his, um, they released him, folks. They're not going to miss him. Jeff Hendrick will be the only one they miss, and probably Joe Hart. Joe Hart was pretty good a goalie for a backup, but for just a backup reason, you know, to give you depth of goalie. But Hendricks will probably be the worst. Hendrick will be the worst loss. Jeff Hendrick is a really, I'm happy we got him. I really am. He's, he gives you tons of versatility in the midfield. They're going to miss that because he played a lot for Burnley. He played a ton. They're going to miss that versatility. He's very, you know, very tidy in the midfield. 
and they don't have a lot of depth. I think outside of Cork and Westwood, and some there's another one I'm blanking on, and um and Brownhill and Brownhill, but they don't have that much depth in the midfield. Um, they're with with right had they let's just say let's put it this way. If Sean Dyche isn't their manager, I could actually see them getting relegated. Like I could see them effectively in a relegation battle. Dyche is not going to let them in a relegation battle. And this team, they've been together for too long. These are the same fucking players. It's Brexit ball. Um, they're very, very organized. They're very disciplined. I'd be surprised they don't get a mid-table finish. They're fine. They, they, they've kept the core intact. So long they keep the core intact and so long Dyche is there, I think they're good. I wouldn't worry about it. Um 11th, I have. Oh, I don't know if I want to make this prediction. I'm in between two teams, but I'm going to go Southampton. Um, Southampton's scare is, is this. I My scare with Southampton ultimately comes down to the fact that I don't see them as a very strong team defensively. And I also don't see where else they're getting goals from outside of Danny Ings. So all it takes is Danny Ings to have one bad injury. And I'm going off this that he's going to play most of the games. But all it takes for Southampton is one really bad Danny Ings injury. Um, and they're pretty fucking screwed because they don't really have anyone else who can score goals. So, I mean, Redmond's not bad. Ward Prowse is really decent. They won't be in a relegation battle no matter the situation. Even if Ains gets injured, they won't be, I think, because Hassan Huddy is a really decent manager. I have faith in Hassan Huddy, but they have so many issues, you know, in other parts of their game that I don't necessarily make, you know, I don't really feel as confident about giving them such a good place up more than a mid-table finish. I think they'll be nice and tidy anywhere between, um, Probably between like nine and thirteen, nine and fourteen, they'll be they'll be pretty mid table by all standards. But my oh my ultimate scare with Southampton is just that like yeah again Danny one Danny Ings injury pretty much might ruin their season. So and I don't know they've made some okay signings I want to say and like again they could actually maybe take the tenth ball. This other team I'm gonna put in tenth couldn't maybe make the argument for not being there. But losing Hoysberg's gonna hurt. Cedric never played much. Um, Lamina wasn't really effective. Like these players are losing actually mostly French players who never were really like on the team. They're on the team, but pretty much got loaned out. Um, bringing back Walker Peters is big. Bringing back Saluso is big. I rate that. I just, my, again, my issue with Southampton is I think they lack depth and I think they lack any other forward presence other than Danny Ings. They have other guys who can score. I just don't think they're going to get any higher because, again, one Ings injury, it kind of screws their season over. They'll be fine, though. They'll definitely be a mid-table team. I doubt they fight relegation. Hassan Huddy's building a nice team, nice structure with this team. So I, I got faith in Southampton. I'm in 10th. In I have the tune. I have my team, uh, Newcastle United, um, finishing in 10th. This is the one I kind of had trouble with, you know, deciding um, between Southampton and Newcastle. This is one that a lot of people are going to disagree with, and I think people are going to have them lower, and there's some bias. I won't lie. There is definitely some bias because I watch the team every week and all their games for why I might give them a higher spot. But defensively, they're pretty sound. We added Jamal Lewis, who is such a good signing, so much potential. He has the potential to really be one of the best left-backs in the Premier League one day, without a doubt. Um, we've, we got 44 points, mind you. Um without any real striker presence, 
without any real goal presence. Okay, we've added Callum Wilson. I believe we're going to add another young striker, whether it's Brewster or Nkedia. Um, we now have effectively tons of depth in this team. And mind you, mind you, this is a team that got 44 points last year, was never in a relegation battle for pretty much most of the year. We were never in a relegation battle and effectively ended mid-table because, and without A, having a goal scorer, um, B, suffering the most injuries in the league last year. We had the most injuries at once and in general. We were extremely injury-prone, and on top of Steve fucking Bruce is our manager. Just saying. So there's good reason to believe we're going to end up in 10th. I really do think we're going to end up in 10th. This is maybe it's a stretch, probably a stretch by some standard, and maybe it's just hope, really. But, um, you know, we're talking about a lineup that's going to have the most pace, arguably, in the entire Premier League at once at the forward positions. Ryan Fraser on the left or right, same maximum on the left or right either way. Miguel Almiron through the middle and Callum Wilson up top. You were talking about effectively one of the fastest teams in all of the Prem right there in terms of forward positions. Um, in terms of the midfield, we're, we're talking about a team with now actual versatility and now with options. And, and on top of it, this is a team with actual Prem experience. We brought in tons of Prem experience. That's all we did. We only brought in players who are Brexit or really, you know, British, UK players, whatever, like Irish too, whatever. And Prem experience. It's pretty much all we brought. And they've been smart signings all around. Hendrick, Fraser, um, Wilson for 20, Lewis for like 13, 15 million. This is a, there's, there's good hope to believe this. And, and the core of the team is still there. There's very good hope to believe that this team, once they can actually start putting goals in the net, can actually end at 50 points or more. Hopefully. We ended at 44 and we couldn't fucking score for the life of us. I'm just saying, all it takes is Callum Wilson to get 10, 15 goals. And all of a sudden, you're talking about a team that has the potential to end anywhere between 7 and 14, probably, or 7 and 13. They're probably going to end in the mid table. They've ended in the mid table the last three years with pathetic goal scoring outputs, with, with pathetic signings most of the time, and cheap signings. This is actually a good window. They've been effective, um, they brought an experience. And the team is in high hopes, and they're re-signing most of their um, main players. We've re-signed Hayden today, Darlow today, um, Shelby, Richie have gotten long-term contracts. We have tons of experience, tons of experience, and tons of depth on those wings and attacking positions. There's very good reason to believe this team is going to be better than what it's deemed out to be. There's just so much pace in the attack. Its defensive structure could be better, but it's not bad still. And the midfield has good presence in Hayden and Shelby. So. And once Dubrovka gets help, you're talking about one of the top five goalies in the league. So there's good reason to believe we're going to get 10. It's not just my hopes. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, in ninth, I had Leicester City. Uh, this is an unpopular one, too. I, I'm positive it's probably very unpopular because everyone loves Leicester. But, um, you know, they looked horrible for the second half. They were so bad in the second half of the year. Vardy, for that, no one wants to admit it, was definitively slowing down. Definitively slowing down the second half of the year. He so was. It wasn't putting in nearly as many goals. Um, and I don't think he's going to have a bad year. I just think he's slowing down. But, um, you know, they made some good signings. Who was it? They, they, they lost Chilwell. I know that for a fact. Um, to Chelsea, obviously. Oh, they only made one signing. What am I saying? They signed that um, left back, Timothy Castagne. He's a Belgian guy. I don't, I'm probably saying the last name wrong. He'll probably play on the left. Um, I'm assuming he'll play left back. And then they, these guys are pretty much all irrelevant signings. They are going to be healthy, though. I, I have to give you know Lester some credit. They're going to be a lot more healthy now. They should be a lot healthier. 
this year. Madison's healthy. He'll be up to speed. Um, Vardy, Tilmanes, whoever. There's good reason to believe they can end higher. I just think the hyper-competitiveness is going to get to them. And I also think the top six is much better. And the top six is better. And I think all the teams that I haven't listed yet are better. I think Leicester... Leicester is a victim of Europe. They're going to be, they're a team that actually has to play European football. It's, it's, it hurts you at points. It does. It, it hurt Wolves in the beginning of last year. And if had Wolves not been playing in Europe last year, they actually might have had a chance to end top four. Really? So, I mean, I'm not sold on the fact that I want to give Leicester automatic, you know, give them this automatic spot into Europe again or even higher because I just, I'm not sold. I'm not necessarily sold. And I think, there was some miscommunications with Rodgers last year, it felt like. Maybe I'm wrong, but it definitely felt like there was some towards the end of the year. So I give them nine with the with the potential to end anywhere between seven and um, you know, seven and eleven or seven and ten, somewhere between there. They'll end mid-table, top half, most likely. Um they'll have a decent year. I just don't necessarily see them. I think Europe is gonna hurt them. I think it's gonna hurt them more than help them. Eighth place, I actually have Everton. Um, everyone's had Everton. They're fucking for some fucking reason. Everton has been in everyone's top seven and six. I have them at eight. <laughs> big difference. I have it's actually a big difference though. But I have them at eight. Um, on the sole basis, on the sole basis, this is Everton. This is still Everton, and people disregard it. It's still Everton. This is the same team. This is getting a little bit longer than I wanted to. Um, this is the same team, Everton, that continues to fail and continues to hit standards they're supposed they're supposed to hit. They ended in like eleventh last year, I believe. Everton. Has good goal scorers in Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. That's a fact, by the way. They really do. They're very good goal scorers. Um, they've added in a ton of midfielders. And you know what I can say this time that I, I usually can't about Everton is they didn't sign outcasts. They actually signed some really decent players. Like, these are good players they're signing. They brought in, well, Hamas is an outcast to Real Madrid, but hopefully he comes in good for Everton. But, um, you know, that screams outcast. That's why I'm so skeptical. I'm like, it screams outcast signing from a big team. That's what happens with Everton all the time. Outcast signing from a big team. The player ends up being super mediocre, and it kind of doesn't work out in the end. Um, Yeri Mina is the best example of that. But, you know, Dinier worked out. Mina didn't. I guess it depends on the signing and the player, but um, Dinier will be good. They'll probably have Kenny, I'm assuming, playing the right back now, maybe. Kenny or um, or Coleman. They, I believe they're bringing in Tamori. Um, sorry about that. I believe they are bringing in Tamori. So that gives them some center back coverage, what they, what they desperately need to. They have Holgate, Michael Keane, and Yerry Mina. Decent, decent little center backs. Pickford's pretty decent in goal. And I know he gets a lot of shit, but he's a decent goalie still. Um, they've re, reinvigorated their entire midfield. I believe Schneiderlin's gone. We can go over Everton's um, signings. They made they made some good signings, to say the least. You know, and it'd be wrong to to discredit them in that sense. Alan Hamas Decore. I I love Decore. I think Decore is a really good one. I could see Hamas failing, but again, Alan and Hamas. We talked about this in the last episode. I could see it failing for Everton, but again, I I love the fact that these are actually Ancelotti players, and that gives me hope for Everton. That you know what, these are Ancelotti players. And is the manager, and he's a very good manager. Very, very good. Top-tier manager. He's one of the best in the league, so in the world, really. So I have faith. This isn't going to be another one of those shitty years and another shitty project with Everton. Plus, plus, look at this out. They got a, they got rid of a lot of Deadwood, which you can commend them for because, you know, Niasse needed to go. Martina needed to go. Schneiderlin needed to go. Baines retired. Stecklenburg needs a backup goalie. 
I mean, there's a lot here, Morgan Feeney. Like, there's a lot here that a lot of Deadwoods, so I'll give him that. But for Everton to make the jump into the top seven or six requires a cultural change, not a personnel change. I think it's a cultural change. Everton can continue making all the signings in the world, but till they show me that there's a serious cultural change in that locker room, I'm never going to sit there and give him a top six spot or seven spot. I refuse. There's it's so that's Everton. That's what's holding him back as much as no one wants to admit it because they have a bunch of players with who are soulless. They're soulless players who don't care to be in the team, who don't care for the club, who are there to pretty much improve their standing among world football and eventually get on to a bigger club. And it, it, that's kind of what I see in everything. I don't necessarily see a team of brothers and a team that really is there for each other and that really wants to fight for each other. So I'm right to give them a, you know, European football meaning would mean that they actually have to have a soul and they don't have a soul everything. So I refuse to, um, seven, I'm going to give it to wolves. Wolves is a product. Wolves is benefit to not having any European footballs is they're going to go so hard in the league and they're going to be so good. Wolves has lost pretty much no one in the core of the team, I believe. Um, and I was kind of like, like I was really having trouble deciding where I think they were going to go. But then I realized, I'm like, they're not going to be in Europe. Bettini is a really nice signing on loan. Marcal is nice depth. Um, the only real loss, I think, was Doherty. That's pretty much it. Like, outside of Doherty, which, you know, he's a very good player, but he might be replaceable still. Oh, and um, Gibbs White, who, you know, they loaned out, but he didn't get that much playing time always. So, and I like Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva looks like a goofy signing because, oh, so much money for a guy who barely played, but. Uh, from, what I've re- from what I've read and from what I've heard, he- he's going to be one hell of a fucking player for Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton have a really good attack. They've managed to keep Jimenez, Traore, and Hota. There's in Neves and Matinho. There is really good reason to believe Wolves is going to be good next year and very good. Wolves might actually fight it off, fight off for one of those um, top six spots. They're definitely going to actually. What am I saying? They're definitely going to, but they might fight off one of those top four spots because they're really, really decent. And mind you, Wolves does not lose games. Like, look at the standings from last year. We'll pull them up. Um, one second, 19-20. I don't think they, I think they only lost six or seven games. That's it. They took one of the least... Nine. I don't know why it's a six or seven, but nine. That's still really low on the loss scale. Look at... Other than Liverpool, City took nine losses. Man United took eight, and Wolves took nine. Wolves is essentially convert... This giant chunk of draws to convert, hell, not even all of them, four of them to wins. Just four. Effectively convert four of them to wins. You are pushing 70 points. It's a joke. It's a joke. They're actually super decent. They're super decent wolves. And no European football means they're going to have a team that's fully fresh. Um, they have they added even more depth. There's good reason to believe they might in the top six, for God's sake. They're going to be decent. They'll definitely, I, I think, definitely get European football. Or at the minimum, end seventh and maybe get gypped of European football. But the only reason why I don't have them ending there is because this top six is going to go revert back to its over-the-top hyper-competitive phase that was there um, previously before this year, where it was just an – you knew who was getting the top six without a doubt. We all knew. for the We knew for like a good couple of years, like, who's the top six? We're not going to even debate this. Now, I think it's going to revert back to it because I don't see – like Man United getting, what do they had? 65 points. Man United getting 65 points ending top four. Well, that's not happening this year. I'll just say that right now. You're going to need 70 points and top four this year. Tottenham, I actually have ending six, though. Tottenham, I think, is actually going to win the Europa League. So I think they're going to they're going to win a cup. They will win the Europa League. 
but I think, especially because Mourinho's there, he's a serial winner. I, I actually, I really do have faith in him. But they're gonna end sixth, I think, and only on the sole basis with Tottenham. That I don't really love who they've signed. I don't love their signings. I like them. I like Hoisberg. I like Doherty. Um, I think losing Vertonghen is going to hurt because I think he's a great presence in the locker room. But I think Joe Hart's a good presence as a backup goalie. Um, losing Vertonghen is going to hurt. And then when you look down, you know, past you know the end of this team, you look through this list. No one here is like a huge loss. Like Skip going on loan, whatever. Almost gone, whatever. Walker Peter gone, whatever. Parrot gone, whatever. Like these are kind of whatever's, you know, like they didn't really. Oh, he's on loan, Parrot. It's not a big deal. He has, he has a good potential, but he's good potential, by the way. But they haven't really lost anyone for me that's like, that's going to hurt them, that's dire, and that's going to kill them. So I, I'm pretty sold on them ending top six again. I'm just not sold on their playing style. They're definitely going to be better, but like, again, that's not that they that's their expectations. They had 58 points or 59 points. The expectations to getting better means like 65. So, I mean, European football, they'll probably be in the like the further stages of the Europa League, too. Super tired team. They haven't signed a center back to replace for Tongan. I could see them struggling in the back because of that. I'm not sold in their defense. I mean, there's good reason to believe this team is not going to be the best next year. Um, but Bergwin's going to have some time to adapt, so he might be really decent. Um, you know, they have attacking depth. I think they might bring in Josh King or, or Troy Deeney or someone, you know, to, you know, to be there when Kane, oh, when Kane gets his inevitable injury. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough for me to like, if, if I wish I didn't, I didn't do this on a point scale because it's really tough. I'd only put him at 65 points. If that's the case, that's where I see him ending like 65 ish, 64, 63, 65, 66. I just think they're not going to be that much better, but I think uh, points wise. But I think the the brand of football, what we're going to watch, the quality should be a little bit better. And I think the Europa League is just going to hinder some of the like that progress we want to see them make on some level. And I also think just not making a signing at center back, which I think was so crucial, is hurting. Maybe if they make a really good center back signing out of nowhere, maybe this changes everything. But as of right now, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with keeping the six only because. This is the this is the number one spot where I've had a lot of trouble deciding. It's this fourth and fifth spot where I've effectively had the most trouble by far and away signing. And fuck, man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm, but I'm gonna put Arsenal there, and and I'll just say fourth. We'll we'll talk about it too. But I'll put fourth, Man United. I had trouble with this one because I think Arsenal. To me, is a team of it's a band of brothers. They seem like they're everyone's on board with the project. They're on board with Arteta. Um, Arteta has the locker room all with him easily. He has the board with him. The problem with Arsenal is they have not made any really big signings in the midfield department, which they they so needed. They so needed, and they haven't. They got Sabios back, which isn't really a new signing though. They haven't. And again, because the window doesn't end for a couple more weeks, maybe this changes. I love the signing with Leon. I love that. I love Mari. Uh, you know, even he's going to be a good left-footed defender for them. I love Gabriel. I love Ceballos coming back. I like Suarez as like a deaf player on the right, you know, right back. But 
you know, they, they, because of the wage bill, because they have so many fucking center backs in the roster and so many useless players all around the team, they can't bring in Awar. They can't bring in Partey. They can't bring in these midfielders they've been so desperate to bring in because they have Ozil's taking <laughs> taking $350,000 a week and they have to pay a bombing now. So, I mean, it's hard for me to sit there and justify giving Arsenal a top four spot, which I so want to do because I think they're going to be so much better next year. So much better. I think they're going to be so much better. I really do. But it's hard for me to do that because we really don't know who's going to start at center back other than David Luiz pretty much. They're super injury prone. Um, the midfield's not as structured. There's not enough depth. I think Torrey is going to go, and I think he should. I don't think he's very good for them, to be honest. I think Guendouzi is buying back into the, you know, he's buying back into the um, the program a little bit. But it's hard for me to move him up over Man United, which, you know, now let me get into the Man United part. Man United has, I think, a more sound and effective trio in attack. Rashford, Martial, and Greenwood's going to get him 44, 40, 50 goals next year. They have a really, really decent attack. I do think they're going to get Sancho on deadline day or something. Give him Sancho with Martial, Greenwood, and Rashford. You'd have a lot of fucking trouble arguing Man United's not going to get top four. You'd have a lot of trouble. Pogba's healthy again. Bruno Fernandez looked amazing last year. I'm not talking, fuck the penalty shit. He was amazing. They're bringing back Van de Beek. Matic is coming back. Matic is coming back. He got a new contract. And Matic looks really good right now, too. He's not losing the ball. Really good out the back as a passer Um, in that holding role. McTominay's there. They've kept Fred. They got a lot of depth in the mid. They got a lot of depth in the mid midfield. They got a lot more than fucking Arsenal. And I know everyone goes quickly to this. Man United's defense awful. It's terrible. No, it's not. No, it's just not. It's just not. It's it conceded the third most goal, third least amount of goals in the league last year. Mind you, Liverpool conceded 33, City conceded 35, and United conceded 36. Everyone who goes after the defense is stupid and clearly has no argument because Lindelof and Maguire are actually really decent. Lindelof didn't get dribbled past one time last year. Um Wambisaka is as sound as can be at that right back position. Uh, he's not great. He's not great at going up, you know, going forward, but so sound at right back. And in left back, Luke Shaw and Brandon Williams, they're still fine. And they have the low for more depth at fullback, anyways. Maybe they need another center back to give them more depth because I think one McGuire injury or one Lindelof injury can hurt them. But enough with the whole like McGuire slander and the Lindelof slander because. Van, Van Dyke and Gomez and Lovren and company conceded 33 last year. Man City with the stupidly injured team, stupidly injured center back crew, and considering Fernandinho play out of position there, and they have fucking Otamendi and Stones who are terrible and mistake prone all the time, they conceded 35. Like, with Laporte playing only like half the games. Like, why is Man City, why do they rate Liverpool so hard? Like, I think Van Dyke's the best center back in the world, but why do we rate them so hard and we act like Maguire's trash? I'm like, they can see the three, three more goals. And by the way, Man United are on the attack far less than Liverpool. Liverpool are more attacking positions all the time. Stupid argument. Um, better midfielders and better forwards than Liverpool. So they're naturally in more attacking positions. City's always in attacking positions. This is a dumb argument. Man United's defense is good. It's sound. All they need is Rashford to stay healthy. They need the rest of the, and Martial, Greenwood, and they need to bring in Sancho. They need to. They need to make, 
They really don't need that many more signings. If they can bring open compo, I think that's great, but they need Sancho. They do. Sancho makes them a serious title threat in not too long. They're very, very fucking good, man, United. I like the team they got going. They'll end top four. It's hard to put Arsenal or Tottenham over them. It's just, and I know everyone's going with the same top four or like um, maybe in different orders, numbers, but it's hard to, and I like Ollie. I do. I'm sold on his project, and I think the team is very sold on him. Mind you, they took the third amount of losses, third least amount of losses in the Prem last year. Third least. Oh, no. Second least. Second least. The slander is unneeded. It's just not sensible most of the time. Um, for third, I have Chelsea. Uh, this is pretty natural, I think. I think people expected this one. This is where everyone's pretty much going third. Um, I think they're going to have a little trouble adapting. I'm not that sold on Lampard, but after a while, Chelsea should be fine. They're, they they have really good players. <laughs> they do. They just have really good players. Like, I don't really want to argue this one that hard. Um, they're bringing up Mendy um, from Lille, I think, or Renes or, or whatever from the French League. He, he's not bad. Tons of potential. I actually am not that, you know, out on out on fucking Kepa. I think Kepa's not that bad. I think Kepa just needs another chance. We'll see what he can do. Either way, I don't think goalie's going to hurt them. I don't think their defense is going to be anymore. I think I'm I'm relatively sold on Thiago Silva and Zuma or Rudiger, whoever. They have they have options now. Um, they have plenty of options on the right back position. They have options at left back now. Chilwell's a good signing. Um, we've talked about this before. If this is what Lampard thinks works, I trust it. Why not? Um, to me, I think right now they have one of, if not maybe the best midfielder in the league in not fucking Conte, but Kovacic. Um, but I'm sold on the midfield. Tons and tons of options in the midfield. They're going to be fine. And they're creative and they're good and they can pass. They could do all the good things. Chelsea last year did not play. They played with the same team minus Hazard. They were fine. They got top four. This team is the same team minus Hazard with a couple of people going out with some crazy, crazy good signings. Let's just look. We can take a quick look at Chelsea, by the way. Um, I don't want to talk about them too much, though, because it's not that much to talk about. Werner, amazing. Like, that gives you even more depth at striker. He's world-class almost. He's, if not, is world-class. Ziyech is an amazing signing, very under the radar. Chilwell's a great signing. Malong Sar on a free is a great signing. Thiago Silva on a free is also a great signing. Kai Havertz, um, they paid a lot, but so worth it will be another great signing. So Chelsea hit, they hit home runs pretty much everywhere, I think. I, my only issue is I think they're going to have a little trouble meshing. Maybe, but that, that's probably it. So I, I'm sold on them going to third, though. They, they look really decent. Here we go. Um, in second place, they're back-to-back. -back, look at that. But um, in second place, I know I already know who I'm picking. I already know what it is. I actually have Man City. I don't have Liverpool. I, I was actually sold on Liverpool. I, mean, I was sold on Man City winning the league for a little while. I'm not now because I looked at them and I'm like, well, you know what? They're going to lose David Silva. So let's just go through who they have in and out um, of the club. I don't know much about Paul Bloom right now. He might be like a youth player or a really young player. Fernand Torres, won't, you know, he won't really affect how they play this year. Ake is very good depth, by the way. If they want to go three back, he's going to be on the left side. He can play left back too. He's a really good ball playing center back and he loves to get in the attack. This is a really good signing. I, I was skeptical at first because I'm like, I don't think Ake is that great. He sure as hell isn't good enough for City. But the type of player he is, he'll be worth it. Um, I think they're going to get Koulibaly. I think they're going to get – and they have Laporte healthy. Their defense looks legit. The problem is they're going to lose Silva. David Silva is a big loss, by the way. It's a big loss. 
and I don't know how it's all going to mesh. I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical on how it's going to mesh. I think this is going to go, this is going to end super, super close, like very, very tight. I just think Liverpool, and now let me just go to Liverpool. I just think Liverpool is just a smidge. No, I don't even know if they're better roster-wise, but I think Liverpool, they have no holes at all. Not a hole in the single, not one hole, nothing. Man City, you could say they need this, they might need to do that. Liverpool has nothing. They have no holes at all. Liverpool looks like the best teams off the bottom right now. No holes, plenty of depth. Players want to be there. They're playing for the manager. Everyone knows what they're doing. The style's there. They get what they got to do. Like, I just don't want to take them out of there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't really get why I want to just yet. Not just yet. I'm happy to keep Liverpool at one. Um, I think they'll take the title just narrowly, very narrowly. It's going to end like 96 to like 93. It's going to end so narrow. Um, but that's my that's my one to 20. So I have Liverpool City, Chelsea, United Arsenal, Tottenham, Wolves, Everton, Leicester, Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley, Sheffield United, West Ham, Brighton, Crystal Palace, Leeds, Aston Villa, West Brom, and Fulham. That's my top 20 or my 20 in the Prem. That's how it's ranked. Um, so I have Liverpool going, winning titles, City, Chelsea, United, rounding out the top four again, all getting Champions League spots, Arsenal and Tottenham back in the Europa League at five and six. I think Wolves will join them. And Everton, Leicester, Newcastle, Southampton. I'll show it on the tier list, actually. This is what I initially wanted to show you guys. Um, and this is why I was struggling with it. I was like, Arsenal. I don't know whether I want to put Arsenal here or not. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. This is actually mostly what I had. Yeah. I didn't change it too much, I think. Um, but that's pretty much it. Um, that's it right there. So these are the Champions League, the Europa League teams, the mid-table teams, relegation teams, and the relegation Oh, relegation battle teams and the relegation teams. I'm happy to keep it like that for now. And I'm I'm confident this is not going to go correctly. I know these are controversial videos. It's not going to be correct, obviously. But I think this is a good indication of how the league looks right now. I know some of these are a little spotty. Like Newcastle ending 10th could be spotty to some people. I think um, some people would argue Arsenal is not going to end 5th. Maybe Everton ends in the top 7. Maybe Arsenal or Wolves gets booted or something. I don't know. Um, the relegation battle... This is one that's been pretty common um, throughout, I think. So, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe Crystal Palace is like 45 points and they end the table again. I, I I don't know. But I'm happy with that prediction um, nonetheless. So, I want to do the match week games. I have a little Word document I want to show you guys. Just kind of outlining everything. Um, my predictions. We're going to make this super fast because this video is just dragged on. I have Fulham Arsenal 1-2. Um, to two. I think Arsenal is going to win 2-1. Um, and this is how, so we're, me and Babs, we're going to play this little game too. It's like, um, so correct the prediction. It's a correct prediction. The scoreline, you're going to get three points. We're going to kind of tally this. He'll show his, um, on the next week episode, because unfortunately he's just not here. He's just too busy. Um, and we'll, we'll do a tally for the season and ongoing. So each week we'll have a winner of each week. We'll have a winner of each, um, we'll have a winner of the season. Correct prediction and score gets it three. Correct prediction only gets it two. And incorrect, obviously, zero. I have Arsenal beating Fulham 2-1. Palace and Southampton 1-1. Newcastle, West Ham 2-1. I, I don't want to go too in-depth because this video is just so long. Liverpool over Leeds 3-1. Leicester over West Brom 2-0. Spurs over Everton 2-1. Chelsea over Brighton 3-1. And I have a nil-nil draw for Sheffield and Wolves. Um... I mean, there's not like none of these I think are too over the top. Again, a little bias here, but 
it's not a bad prediction, I guess, really. This can go either way. This can go either way. Uh, I think Arsenal should win this game. Liverpool should win this game at home, especially. Um, I think Leicester should probably beat newly promoted West Brom. I would hope they do for the sake of Leicester. Um, Spurs and Everton could be tight. This could go either way, maybe even. But Spurs should probably win. Chelsea win. And I got a draw here at 0-0. But that's it for the um, little quick prediction roundup for the week. I didn't want to make that like an over-the-top long video. Um, well, I did. I mean, I, wanna be, I don't want to go over the top on those. But that's pretty much it, guys. That's pretty much it. Look, I could be very wrong about most of this table. And I'm there's a good chance I am wrong, I know. But um, me and Babs will compare our tables into the, the year. He, he has probably one that's – Probably a little more different than mine, but he probably has City winning the title, effectively. But I mean, <laughs> but um, we'll we'll compare those. Um, you know, we're not gonna do we're not gonna spend a whole hour doing his because it's gonna be more topics to talk about next week. But um, thank you guys, thank you for watching. Sorry, it's just one, and we're next week too. I'll I'll just make this clear. We have two guests coming on, I believe, one or two guests, hopefully two, hopefully both of them. They know who they are. Hopefully both are gonna come on. Um, super exciting, super exciting times. Um. But nonetheless, thank you. Um, you know, continue supporting, like the video, share, whatever. Um, we might, we, you know, hopefully we're gonna delve into more social media accounts. So maybe like an Instagram or whatever, you know, whatever other platforms. Maybe start creating accounts to try to expose ourselves, expose this podcast more. Not expose ourselves. That'd be bad. Expose the podcast more. Um, but that's pretty much it. All right. So thank you guys. Don't kill me for these predictions. But um, we'll see. Hopefully Newcastle. I look at the camera when I'm doing that. So that's why I'm going like this. But hopefully Newcastle, um, the boys, the boys win tomorrow. True for them, especially. Um, so those are the boys. But I mean, nonetheless, guys, thank you so much. Um, peace out.